Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in him and who we are to him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. episode number 12 of Solomon's Song, our Lakeside uh, podcast uh, content. And this is actually in chapter number one and verse number 15. And we're just continuing right along here with our study of God's heart for us. And as the believer, as the bride of Christ, um, it's understanding our value in him. It's understanding who we are to him and who we are in him. And what exactly it happened when he made us royalty, when he made us his, and, and how that affects our life going forward. Um, it's an understanding factor that limits most Christians. It's our ability to, um, to really take in and remove some some old understanding or some teaching from our heart that is not correct. Um, for a long time in my life, anyway, God was promoted to me as uh, the divine um, authority in life, and he was this distant deity that was just way up there detached. And in order to earn his affection and attention, there's so much I had to do. All the different hoops of behavior modification needed to be in place for me to uh, grant, be granted God's presence in my life. And God's presence could could come or it could go, and it depended on me and my behavior. And actually, what the cross has done through Christ is it restored fellowship that had been broken by sin in the garden, and it t- took away our ability to earn or to lose what God gave us at the cross. Uh, Jesus Christ's sacrifice allowed that door to be opened, that veil was rent, and fellowship was restored for those who have accepted Christ as their Savior, and that's exactly what happened. And so when, when you see the book of Song of Solomon, what you see is this beautiful picture of a king and a shepherd girl. It's a picture of God and his bride, or the heart of God towards us as his bride. And so it's this unpacking this book and uh, reading the Song of Solomon together that allows us to give an understanding of this. And so today we're in chapter number one and verse number 15, and it's talking about uh, her eyes, and he is in the garden with her. Remember they walked in the garden in the last episode of of Lakeside, we talked about how he took her to the garden on that walk in the moonlight, and he was explaining to her how she resembled this... um, beautiful cluster of flowers, the rock rose, and as they're standing there in the garden, he's looking down at her, and she's looking up at him, and it's in that moment that she looks into his eyes that Solomon's eyes and his gaze have been captured by hers, and he stares down deeply into her eyes, and when he looks there, um, his heart is stirred, and he begins to speak even further into her, because Solomon, you have that lyrics and the melody and the message of the song, and most people look at the melody and that's the sexual content of the Song of Solomon. They say, wow, that's a good song. Or they look at the lyrics, and that's the shepherd girl and the king, and they say, yeah, that's a good song. Or the, But if you look at the message, you say, this is a great song. And if you have to be willing to look past the lyrics and look past the melody and allow those to be not so overwhelming in your senses, and it's difficult in a book like Song of Solomon because it can be overwhelming in the erotic sense of the story and what's being portrayed. And right now, we're getting ready to um, jump into that portion where the melody gets really, really strong, and so we have to hold back just a little bit, but he's looking into her eyes, and verse number 15, he speaks this. He says, Behold, thou art fair. I love that. 
He's not saying you're fair and you never cheat in Monopoly. <laughs> He's speaking about her complexion and he says, because everyone cheats in Monopoly, right? He's speaking about her complexion. He says, you're fair. Remember, if you, if you think back, take a little flashback to when she stood in his bedchamber and she compared herself to the daughters of Jerusalem and the first thing she com com commented on was her skin and she said that she was not fair. And her mindset was built up to say, I am not, I am not worthy, I am not good enough, I am not this, and I am not that. And the king is right there to remind her, yes, you are. You are not what you feel. You are what the word of the king reveals. And if this morning or this evening as you listen to this podcast uh, episode, if you, are, if you are saying to yourself, you know what, I am not worthy of God's love. I don't deserve God's love. I don't, I don't man, I'm just, old song. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, that's, that sounds so good to say that, but the truth is you were made a saint. God made you righteous. Uh, there's nothing about being a sinner. You have been saved and sanctified and set apart, and you wear his righteousness. Your behavior is not what you do. And there's a separation there. Your spirit has been made alive and quickened in Christ, and you have become new with him. I'm not saying you don't uh, mess up and you don't sin, but the fact is you are not a sinner. You are a saint. God made that happen for you, and he transformed you with the cross. And so she looks at him, and she's been saying her complexion has been uh, blemished and tarnished and unworthy, and he looks in her eyes. He says, behold, thou art fair. You are fair. You are so fair. <laughs> and he says, Behold, thou art fair, my love. He's reaffirming her and her position in his heart. And then he doesn't just go on to say that, but he gave her a different name. You know, she was the Shunammite girl before, and people called her all kinds of things. Her brothers called her all kinds of things. And you're going to see some of that going forward into the book. And you're going to see what some of the people called her in her life. But your name was changed. And God looks at you. Even in Revelation, says we've been given a new name. And it's been given a white stone. And that name is on the stone in heaven. And he said, look, my name I've given you is this name, love. And he says, behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. He repeats it again, just in case she didn't get it. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you look at that, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Don't ever get tired of hearing about how God feels about you, because that is reinforcing in your heart and reinforcing your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your spirit, your soul reinforces in you what God feels about you. And he says, behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. Now he's expressing his delight in the shepherd girl's eyes, and, and they allowed him to see her heart on display. Can I just tell you that God loves it when we trust him with our gaze. When we look to and speak with the king, we reveal our, we reveal our willingness to trust him with our heart. If you ever watch these interviews on TV, a lot of the, the rap stars, the pop stars, they wear these big glasses, or the actors even, they wear these big glasses as they interview. And you have to wonder, why are you covering your eyes? And in fact, is your eyes, the, the old saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul. And what you look at and what you choose to direct your eyes to reveals what you have an interest to learn more about. An eye gate is an information inlet that God has given you, the eye gate and the ear gate. And what you choose to look with your eyes at is something God designed us to be able to see 
He designed that gate for us to take in what we want to learn more about. You turn your eyes away from things that you don't want to see, like a car wreck or a, a video of you on YouTube of something painful. You turn your eyes away from that because you don't desire to learn any more about that. But you also turn your eyes towards the things that you do desire to learn more about, the things that you want to see more of. And so when you see these things, when he looks at her, he says, look, just the fact that you chose to look at me with your eyes is a declaration from your heart that says, I choose to know more about you. I choose to know more about you. In fact, I'll turn my eyes towards you because I want to take more in of you. I want to learn more about you, and I want to see you, and I want to learn more about you. I want my heart to absorb everything there is to see about you. And the fact is, as he stood there in the garden looking down into her eyes, and she was looking up at him, it overwhelmed his heart because she was choosing, of all the things in the garden to look at, of all the beautiful sights in front of her that was there, the marvels of having a garden placed there in the middle of a desert, the marvels of having all of these trees transported and taken across miles to replant and to grow and to flourish and to nourish right there and the power of Solomon on full display of all the things to catch her eyes there in the garden she chose to look up at him and when he looked at her eyes he said man I can't help but tell you this but I want you to know that you are beautiful to me you are beautiful there's nothing wrong with you you are beautiful and your eyes are like dove's eyes A dove is the most peaceful animal, and biologically a dove cannot focus on more than one object at a time. Now this is not the only time he's going to refer to her eyes, and I'm telling you, there is something about her eyes and the connectivity that are there when you take the time to choose to look up at God. When you take a walk out and you step outside at night and the stars are way on display. I live in the city, and so it's hard to see the stars because of all the lights here, but you go off in the country somewhere, you take a walk down a road, and you take a minute and look up at the stars, and overwhelms your senses with how beautiful and how vast and how deep that they are. And I'm telling you, something when you take the time to stop and look up and see God's eyes and you you stare up into the heavens, and I'm telling you, it just stirs God's heart because he says, man, I love your eyes. I, since I made your eyes to look at things you want to learn more about, the fact that you have chosen to direct your eyes to me. David said, I lift up my eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. David lifted up his eyes and the fact that David chose to look to God as his help rather than to look at armies or look at chariots or horses and those other things, it stirred God's heart. And he said, this is a man after my own heart. Not because David was perfect and he was flawless, but the fact that David made a choice to run after the things that God's heart was about. And David said, man, I'm looking up to the hills. I'm looking up to you with my eyes. I encourage you to take the times to look up into God's eyes and let him enjoy what it is that he sees when he looks into yours. It's awesome because your eyes reveal the real you. And when you look up at God, your eyes reveal the real you, and the real you is who God chose passionately to pursue. You are the one that God chose to fanatically, persistently follow and pursue after and recapture and reclaim. God brought you into the palace. Rest in the fact that God sees your heart and he's not intimidated by what he sees. He's not frightened by what he sees. He's not scared of what he sees. God sees your heart and he loves what he sees. God looks up at you and he says, I love what I see. Don't ever hide your eyes from me. Man, there's been times when worship, when you're in church and and the worship leader will say, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I'm sorry, but God doesn't want to see the back of my head. (laughs) God wants to see my eyes. So I look up and I just take him in. 
I say, Father, I'm looking towards your direction. I invite you to look into my heart. I invite you to look into my spirit. I invite you to look into me because you love me. You love me. You brought me to the palace. God loves it when you look at him, when you speak to him. There's a gentle rhythm that comes from deep within you and it makes God glad that music can exist between souls. The dove was a peaceful creature, it was a peaceful bird. There was no intentional harm in that dove at all. So he looked at her, he says, listen, your eyes are focused on me and I see inside of you. Solomon looked at her in the garden that night and he said, I look in your eyes and I see you take me in. And just the way you're looking at me as your source, as your strength, I can see every vulnerability in you. I can see every wound in you. I can see every um, aspect that you may have tried to hide from everyone else around you. I see you. I see your heart for me. And I know that you love me. And I love you back. And you are fair. And there is no flaw in you. And I will exhaust myself to speak into you, speak life into your spirit, speak life into your soul until you walk away from this encounter say, I am the Rose of Sharon. I want you to see yourself the way that I see you. I want you to live from the fact that I see you. I want you to choose to operate from the way I see you and not from how you feel. Your life will forever change, my love, when you operate from that. He is the King. You are the Bride. I challenge you today for your homework to take some time and just, just look up. Look up and invite him to look back at you. Invite him and rest in the fact that he has sees your heart, he sees everything about you, and he is still fanatically consistent in his love for you. He delights in you. He will never stop delighting in you. He is always reaching forward. Don't, sh don't shield your eyes from him today. Don't hide them. Take opportunities today, throughout the day, to just simply look up and say, Father, look inside here. Into me see. That's intimacy. Into me see. Don't be scared because he's not. <laughs> he is not, I promise you. He has been waiting for you to look up at him today. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I, I invite you tomorrow. And at tomorrow's podcast, we're going to jump into verse number 16 and 17 of chapter number one. And it is, I'm going to give you a warning, it is a, a graphic picture of God's relationship with us. When you see this, it take the melody gets super strong, and it's going to go in cycles. We're going to see the cycle that's repeated over and over and over again in Solomon's song, or in the Song of Solomon, rather. It is one of, um, it's, it's one where God speaks into our heart. There's this meditation and this resting process, and there's this action process. It's a communication, expression, and rest. Communication, expression, and rest. Like a, a never-ending wheel. It's communication. The king communicates his heart to her, and then he expresses his heart for her, and she expresses her heart for him, and then there's this resting pattern where they both rest in the knowledge and the understanding of what has just been communicated and expressed, and it goes right back to communication, expression, and rest. It's the perfect picture of relationship. And that's exactly why a 
book like Solomon's Song is challenging for us to read because it challenges. When you see God's heart for you displayed, it challenges every aspect of love that you have ever given out in your life. It challenges the way that you love your spouse. It challenges the way you love your children. And it basically says, what have you been giving out and passing off as love? Because it falls short of what the actual picture of love is. And so I'm excited as we jump into tomorrow. It's uh, it's more graphic than anything that we've seen yet, yet but it is certainly not the first <laughs> graphic part that we're going to find here. So I'm going to be back with you on the next episode of Lakeside. Thank you so much for being with me. I have, hope you have a great day today. Make sure you smile today and give away your source. Your smile is your best expression of your source, and the world is hungry for your source. Take every opportunity, number one, to look up and to look into the heart of God, look into the eyes of God. Go outside tonight. Uh, look up at the stars, and just like all those little glimmers of light or like the flecks of light in someone's eyeball, just look up into the depth of God's eye and tell him that you love him. Look up there and invite him uh, to tell, tell you that you love him, that he loves you back, and invite him into your, to, into your heart again to look at it and to examine you and just delight in the fact that he delights in you and understand that you are in the palace and you are with the king at that very moment. And so it's awesome. I challenge you to do that. That's your homework. And uh, give away your smile today. God bless you. We'll see you next time.